Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast, where we explore the way of embodied and grounded spirituality. I'm your host, Sarah Weiss. Today, my guest is Dr. Kathy Chapman. Kathy and I met about 10 years ago in a laundromat in Sedona, Arizona. She had these two cute little dogs, and I can't resist it, puppies. And we looked at each other, and we knew each other immediately. Currently, Kathy is bringing in information known as the Encyclopedia of Healing. Five of the 20 books have been completed. Can you imagine a series of 20 books? Her life has taken her from the convent to spiritual teacher and healing facilitator. She is someone who has truly lived into her wisdom. And I'm pleased to introduce you to Kathy today. So today we have my friend Kathy Chapman. And Kathy is working on this encyclopedic project uh, called the Encyclopedia of Healing. And it's comprised of 20 books, and she's on number five. So welcome, Kathy. Tell us about your project. Well, hello, Sarah. I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you. It's been so long since we've seen each other. Uh, my project, the Encyclopedia of Healing, began when I was actually getting an intuitive session from a friend and there was a being behind her and I she didn't know the being was there and I finally said who are you and they said it is a they they said we are the golden Elohim and we would like you to channel a book called the creation of form which I did do and at the very last chapter of that book they said, we want to introduce you to, and very, very long name of which I call Amia, and it is Amma's healing friends, Amma being the divine mother, the feminine aspect of God. And they said, we would like you to channel, we want to give to you, to bring in through you what we're calling the Encyclopedia of Healing. And it will be anywhere from 20 to 25 books. Would you be willing to do that? And I said, yes. Ah, that old saying, yes. That old saying, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Then what happened? Well, then what happened is we have uh, four of the books. Are, the, fifth, the fourth one is getting ready to be published. There's, there's, the creation of form is already published, and I'm almost finished with the book on trauma. And there, the next book is actually going to be on healing sexuality issues, which includes gender identification, the wounds that you receive from other people, struggling with your sexuality, sexual abuse, and healing all of that. The whole thing is healing. It's just been amazing. And I can't even begin to tell you how much I have been healed as I have been channeling these books and taking people through the healing exercises. I can feel that my heart is really touched right now. And you have lots of credentials to back up what you're doing. In addition to being a very clear channel, you have a degree in psychology, right? You're a doctor, Kathy. several degrees in psychology. <laughs> so I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, and then I got a master's degree in psychology. And 
just before I finished defending my thesis for my master's, I entered the convent. And okay, while... don't skip over that too fast. Okay, let's go back to that. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's kind of like I just entered the convent, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so maybe we need to backtrack a little before we get to your PhDs. Okay. Um, so let's, let's retrack through your spiritual evolution, Kathy, because it's really interesting and it's really about living into your wisdom. I mean, you didn't skip one step. You walked this path one foot in front of another for a very long time. So why don't you take us back to kind of a, a point where your spirituality came forward in your life and the, the, late, the tracking through that for us? Well, let me begin by saying I was a traditional Catholic. Catholicism goes back in my family for centuries, probably. My mother was a convert, and my mother became involved with what's called the charismatic renewal. And that is, for people who don't know, you may have heard of Pentecostals, and that's where we use the gifts of the Spirit, which are similar to praying in tongues. That is definitely one of them. Uh, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of leadership. For those of you familiar with the Christian scriptures, you can go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and you'll learn a lot. And I really avoid, mom wanted us to, us girls, to get involved with it because it meant so much to her, and I just avoided it. I kind of thought she was wacko in the whole thing, and I'm pretty <laughs> traditional. And finally, it was the summer after my freshman year in college, and I uh, agreed, and actually my sister Anna and I, we both at the same time were prayed over for to receive what is known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it, of course, was my first introduction into mysticism. Mm. Because when you become involved with that type of energy of receiving what we call in, in the Christian tradition, the Holy Spirit, and learning about baptism and learning about the gift of prophecy and experiencing those and healing, it led me into quite a journey, which actually kept going into college. I was, uh, my sister Anna and I were on a retreat team together in college and we introduced the charismatic renewal to them and had one of the big wigs at the time come out and give a retreat which, by the way, ended up in the healing of my young cousin who had a tracheotomy, a permanent tracheotomy. And the doctors had said maybe when she was 16, she might be able to let go of that tracheotomy. And she was, I think, seven or eight with the healing that happened. Um, so that really got me involved with prayer meetings, with investigating spirituality, you know, mysticism doesn't have anything to do with structure. Very and good yet, point, yes. Yeah. And yet I made the decision from there. I was almost engaged. My boyfriend and I had talked about a ring and getting engaged, and I ended up breaking up with him because as much as I loved him, I wasn't in love with him. Mm. And... Um, my cousin actually helped with that. He, I was living with them for a while. My dad had gotten seriously ill and suddenly we didn't have any money and I moved in with them for a while. And my cousin said, don't marry anybody 
that you can't, that you have to fight, that you can't, how do they say it? Don't marry anybody who you have to struggle to stay out of bed with, who you don't have to struggle to stay out of bed with. <laughs> and he said, for, you know, and of course we believed in not having sexual relationships before marriage. And he said, if you don't have to fight that, then this isn't the person for you. Cause I think he picked up. I wasn't having to fight that. Ah, okay. And so after breaking up with, with him, I was praying and I said, well, you obviously didn't want me to get married. So what do you want me to do? And I'm still very involved with charismatic renewal, renewal. And the answer was enter the convent. And I said, no, what would you like me to do? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that one again. <laughs> And every time it came back to enter the convent, we went back and forth for six months with that. And I, and I did, I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And I was there for 20 years. Mm. So let's tie this back into your education because what we both know is you had a choice when you were going to further your education what was it? The convent or what was your other idea? The, that might... the Air Force. <laughs> oh, the Air Force. Okay. The Air Force. I, uh, <laughs> my dad had paid for both my bachelor's degree and my master's degree in psychology. And he was newly married and decided that he'd paid for enough of my education. And I appreciate deeply what he did pray for. But then I was wondering, well, how am I going to I wanted to get a doctorate in psychology. So how can I do that? And I was seriously considering the Air Force. And probably if I had gone to the recruiter, I would have ended up in the Air Force because that's just the way I operate many times. And instead, I was having lunch with uh, a dear friend and the, the principal of the school she was working for. And that principal was a Dominican sister. And I didn't know her very well at all, but not my friend, the Dominican sister, but we were talking about it and I was telling her about going to check out the Air Force to this. And she said, well, instead of serving your country, why don't you serve your God? And I did start praying about it and I really resisted it. I just didn't, I just resisted it. And I seemed to resist different spiritual things on the road on the path in this. And so then I made that decision and entered the community. And part of my education, uh, the Houston Dominicans, the Dominicans themselves, they have a charism, a gift, uh, one of their special things of learning. And so I got a master's in theology while I was there from the University of Notre Dame. And towards the end of my time there, I didn't know it was towards the end, but I was starting to work on a doctorate. And uh, it was gonna be in marriage and family therapy, but when I left the convent, I decided I didn't want to do it in marriage and family and therapy, and instead I did it in mind-body psychology. Mm. So that kind of leads me up to my education there. I had started in learning about energy healing in the convent. That's actually what led me out of the convent. Okay, why don't, why don't we follow that thread? Because that's very interesting. Um, of how energy healing and your integration of all your spiritual knowledge actually led you out of the convent. Tell us about that. 
Well, what's fascinating to me as I look at it is that there were a number of us in the community. When I say community, I'm talking about the Dominicans who took the energy healing. The, the thing was called healing touch. And I'm the only one it led out of the convent. But what happened in the process of it is that, well, first of all, I resisted getting involved with that just as I resisted getting involved with the convent and as I resisted getting involved in other things. When I finally took the first course, I felt like I'd come home. Mm. And what happened was as I got involved with the energy, then I began to meet spiritual beings that I was never aware of. And I had this struggle going on because Houston, this is in Houston, and Houston's Bible Belt area. And so people were saying that this stuff was of the devil. And yet I felt at home, I was seeing positive things. And I finally just said, okay, Jesus, this is what I know. I know that you love me. I know that you want nothing less for me than to be with you forever in heaven. So this is before I began to believe in reincarnation. It was the one and only shot we had was this lifetime. And I said, I know if I ask you that you will answer. And I said, if this is wrong, if this will lead me away from you, then stop it. And Houston doesn't have a whole lot of snow, but the best way I can describe it is it must be what it feels like going down a bobsled, in a bobsled, down a slick, icy, you know, hill or something, because I was pulled deeper and deeper and deeper into the energy healing and actually discovered I had a gift for being able to identify darkness within people. You could call them, I, I usually talk about three different kinds of darkness. There's the thought forms, the like the anger and the fear that gets lodged in us. It's going on right now in the world. Then there is the, well, I guess four kinds of darkness. Then there's the darkness that seems to have more personality. That's the way I describe it. We call it elementals. It's like when your anger takes hold and it grows and it grows and it grows and almost becomes a being. And then I discovered that I could could identify, see what in the common language we call ghosts. I call them those who have lost their way, as in they didn't go to the light and I helped them to go to the light. And then those that others might call demons, I call them those who have forgotten who they are and discovered I had a, a gift and an ability to be able to release them and to send them back to God. That is very profound. I mean, the fact that you saw the light side of the darkness, it, that, that it was natural to you, intuitive to you, and that you knew you could work with something that a lot of people shy away from is really touching. It's when I'm working with a client and, and depending upon who they are, and I know that they can assist in this, I help them to contact the being that may be attached to them. And I give them instructions and show them how to release that being, whether it is a family member or a friend or somebody else we don't know who's attached to them and, and releasing them to go back to God. Or if it's what we could call a demon, where I help the demon actually look within itself and find the light. And when they do, I tell them, 
this is proof that you have been lied to. You are of the light and you may return to the light. And I have a whole process that I actually learned from someone else, but I've expanded upon it to help them release. And then when, a when one of my clients has been there, I say, do you realize what you just participated in? That you have done one of the most sacred things that you can do is to find someone who is lost, someone who has forgotten that they were of the light mm. and return them back to God to where they come to know who they are. And I'm usually crying at some point and doing all of that because it is so very, very sacred. So here you are as a nun and you're doing this profound healing work and you're in the middle of the Bible Belt, then what happens next? Our community is uh, the Dominican Sisters, where I was for 20 years, are a community that believes in social justice, still do, they still believe in social justice and they are of the more, they're the more liberal religious community in Houston. And they were getting a lot of grief from the conservative people. Uh, we have to, you notice I still say have present tense. Mm -hmm. And even though I have very little contact with them, but they were such a big part of my life. There are two high schools that are there. And one of them is a, a, a college prep. The other is more of a blue collar area. And the one that's the college prep is a girl's school. And the, Parents here were not at all happy with the fact that it, the religion classes, the theology classes taught justice, taught that everyone was sacred and actually had several uh, theology instructors who were, one was gay, one was lesbian, and that was considered to be against church teaching. And so the church, was, the, school, the community was getting a lot of grief and one of my concerns was the work I was doing, the release work, especially with the dark forces, is what you would call an exorcism. And in the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church believes very much in this, don't be fooled thinking that they don't. Every diocese has one priest that is appointed as an exorcist, and only that priest, not even the bishop, only that priest can do the exorcism. And I was concerned that I would be stopped from doing this work. And so that's, that is one of the things, it wasn't all of the things that contributed to me making the decision to leave the community. I actually left just a few weeks after my mom passed on. I had been taking care of her for several years. And when she passed on it, Tuesday after Thanksgiving and I actually left the community in February. That is, quite a profound spiritual path that you walked through for those 20 years. So then, when did you begin channeling Amma and how did your next cycle of spiritual expansion begin? Well, channeling Amma, let me tell a story from when I was a baby nun before I made final vows. A baby nun? Okay. A baby nun. That's what I call <laughs> okay. me. A baby nun. So it's when, what they will say technically because I was in formation to be, you know, to be a Dominican. Uh -huh. And I just made uh, first vows. 
and I, we were on a retreat, and, and the Dominicans use what, uh, what's called a parable retreat. And in Catholicism, every Catholic church, and in fact, the Episcopals and Lutherans have the same liturgy. We have particular re scripture readings on every day, and our retreats are based upon whatever the readings are. And I had two profound experiences in that week. One of them was a reading from Exodus, and I can't give you chapter and verse, but it was when Moses is talking to the burning bush. And the burning bush, the energy of the burning bush, God within the burning bush is saying, I want you to get my people out of Egypt and take them to the promised land. Uh, and Moses said, how do I know this is right? And this was the profound part for me because it hit me right in the heart. And the words were, you will know because after, and I emphasize the word after you have done this, you will worship me upon this mountain. Is, and what hit me was how we don't know if the decision is right until afterwards. And I've carried that with me the rest of my life. And then the second thing that happened is I had a mystical experience of seeing the feminine aspect of God literally dancing around the planet and touching the planet and touching the, the saints and the sinners and the starving and the people that killed people and the people that loved people, all with absolute joy and delight and no one was different. It was love. So let's fast forward to, that would have been 17 years ahead. And after I left and one of my concerns was that I would lose my spiritual connection, and that's not at all what happened. I was in a very strong support group that did meditations and reflections, and we learned about the spiritual masters on, that are on the other side that support us. And that's not a big deal for Catholics because we have saints. Well, in the charismatic renewal, we also prayed in tongues. We had the gift of prophecy. So when I had the energy to channel, it was the same energy that I experienced when I would receive a word from the Lord. And that's what prophecy is. And that's what channeling is. It is basically where the energy of an aspect of God or a being from that works with God comes through me with my agreement. And the first time it happened, I don't even remember what it was I said, but my friend said, who, find out who this is. And I asked and all I got was, I am from Bana, B-I-N-A-H. And that is a sephirot, it's like a place within the Jewish mystical tradition of the Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. And so that's the feminine aspect. And later, when I started getting more information, I asked, so who? And I got, and she still will introduce her the, herself this way. I am Amma, the divine mother of the divine mothers, and I am your mother. So that was pretty wild in that area. And I skipped the part, Sarah, where I was in this automobile accident. It wasn't a near-death experience. I didn't have one of those. But um, the accident was my fault, by the way. <laughs> and I thought I was going to miss her. And I will still tell people, I said, but she was stopped in a yield sign. 
But um, I thought I was going to miss her, but I ended up sideswiping her. But I had all of these energies of grief for about 48 hours surrounding me. And I had definite images of the fire department coming in, using the jaws of life to open our cars up. I was in a little Saturn at that time. Her car was not that small. And, but they had to open both of our cars up with those jaws of life to pull us out. And I know for sure that that was one of the primary times that I had chosen to leave the planet, but I had rewritten my contract. Okay, so you're still here with us several I years am. later. And tell us what your spiritual path is like now with your books and your classes and how you work with people. My spiritual investigations are, I would have never believed I am where I am, where I am able to communicate with, I'm almost in tears right now, the energy is just coming in so profoundly, of the beings who are on the other side to help us. Just as complex as our world is here where you have people that have so many jobs and so many passions to help and be of service to this world. That's what's on the other side with us. And although I have channeled predominantly Amma, then the Elohim, and now Amma's healing friends that I call Amia, I have learned much more about the energy field. So Amo started bringing into me very early the concept of encodements. Mm -hmm. And when they first started coming into me, I just was thinking to myself as I'm saying these words, am I just absolutely crazy? <laughs> <laughs> because encodements are your smallest energy structures. They make up everything. And the way she described it was, have you ever wondered, why did you choose this particular path? Why were you attracted to be an engineer and someone was attracted to be a doctor? Somebody was attracted to be a, a medical transcriptionist. Did you ever wonder why? And that is because we plan before we come to this earth, we plan what we're going to experience about love, what we're going to learn, how we're going to do it. And so there is a operating system, like your computer operating system, that is built for us, that will attract us to certain things, keep us away from other things, attract us to people, repel us from people. Um, and all of my work since then is based upon that. And the books of healing, the encyclopedia of healing that I'm channeling is all about using encodements to make healing, to bring healing. And so Sarah Alma says she wants to come in. Is that okay, okay with you? Yes, uh, Kathy and I had decided that before we got on the call here that if Alma decided to come through her that we would go in that direction. So welcome Alma. Yes, thank you for being here. And I am Alma, the Divine Mother of the Divine Mothers, and I am your mother. And as I now like to say, you grew within my womb and you are still within my womb. So everything that I have asked this one to bring in 
I call her this one because we have a different name for her. But this one that you know is Kathy to bring in is all about removing from you the pain and the wounds that hide from you that you are love incarnate. Remember, you were created from love and you are now an incarnated being. Therefore, you are love incarnate. And as you learn that you are love incarnate and you see that within yourself, your eyes become clear and you see the person next to you, the person on television, the person in the newspaper, and you see that they also are love incarnate. And that is what I wanted to tell you. Mm. And she's gone. Okay. I mean, she's here, but she's not within me anymore. That was our message, our message for our conversation today. Yes. I just, uh, I, I guess I could say I'm actually speechless right now. So I'm taking a moment um, That's to take, take, <laughs> take all that in and let my heart feel the beauty and the depth of that resonance with her. You know, the, the feminine aspect of the divine, is, she seems to be coming forward more and more now. Are you seeing that in the world now? I am seeing that more and more. And so I've been channeling her about 20 years now. It's interesting, 20 years in the convent, 20 years channeling Amma. And she is just now starting to talk more about Abba, about the fem about the masculine aspect also, ah. and and to bring things into balance. But things have been so out of balance because there has been this structure based upon patriarchy and masculinity. And she's bringing in the heart, and wants us to know the heart, but not to deny the masculine. Not to deny the masculine aspect of God. I'm experiencing the same thing with um, the downloads I'm receiving. You know, everyone who's in polarity thinking thinks that when the feminine starts coming in and presiding more, that it's going to polarize more to the feminine. But the feminine coming in, her job is to balance the masculine and feminine, not to polarize into a complete feminine consciousness. She's bringing us together. And the image that I saw, Sarah, was embracing. Mm -hmm. It is embracing. The masculine, the way that masculinity and the masculine aspect of God has been viewed upon, at least in Western traditions, is not one of embracing. It's one of separation. And she is coming to embrace and to show that we can all join together, hand-to-hand, -hand, heart to heart. And even as I'm saying these things, the tears are, are there in my eyes. And it's, and sometimes I say words that seem so simple and yet they're so deep. The meaning of them is so deep. 
and for every person when I say you are love incarnate, do you realize that? And in fact, if anyone listening to this now, if they would actually say out loud, I am love incarnate, they will feel their cells respond to that. And I'm asking those who are listening, do that now. I am love incarnate. And feel your, feel your body respond. And now pick out someone that you're having trouble with. It doesn't matter whether they're a political figure or your significant other or your child or your best friend and see them standing before you and say, you are love incarnate. And there's a change within us when we do that. Well, that teaching is living so deeply in your being that it radiates out to us and we can resonate with it and make it real within our being. Yes. And I tell people, the group, because I'm channeling twice a, I channel twice a week. And um, I tell my, my friends, I say, don't think I live everything that she teaches. She teaches this stuff. And does, that doesn't mean I go and live everything. I pick out these things. I'm just as human as everybody else. But one of the big, biggest changes in my life, and I noticed when I agreed to channel these books, is that instead of me doing it kicking and screaming, I do it willingly. No longer does Alma have to kind of bring me along when one of the first major projects she had me do was to work up an email course for introducing people to encodements and into spirituality to a different way of looking at spirituality and she started off by saying why don't you just i want to give you a seven day email course i want you to channel the information for that so people can have that so i did and it was really pretty cool, you know, seven days and having that energy coming in and writing that, that out. And then after the seven days, she said, okay, now I want you to do a month's worth. So just do three more weeks. You only have to do 21 more days. And I said, okay, because I'm not real big on these major projects, which you may think, <laughs> well, yeah, but you've got all these degrees. Well, bite-sized pieces. And 15 more books to write. And 15 more books. And it was after I wrote the one, so we had four weeks worth. She then said, okay, good. That wasn't hard, was it? So now I want you to channel a year's course. I said, 365 days? And she said, no, 366. <laughs> but now, now it's yes. So Kathy, but just as we're coming to a close on, on this conversation, and we're speaking to people who are looking for a way to say yes to what's in their hearts. And you and I both know that there's a lot of resistance, there's a lot of programming, there's a lot of societal norms that we need to drop out of before we can say yes without a lot of resistance. What what advice, what suggestions would you have for them just to help them maybe get over this hump? 
Well, I can tell you what I did. Being in the, having been a Catholic for so long, there was a beautiful prayer and there is. Go to YouTube, look up Be Not Afraid and listen to that song over and over and over again. And what I have been given throughout my life has been be not afraid, be not afraid, be not afraid. And in the song, it's be not afraid, I go before you always. And there's different verses and know that you are loved. You are loved just the way you are. And that God and however you define God is there walking with you. Doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen, but there is God walking with you. And your fears about how your life's going to change and how people may respond. And I don't know if I want to do this or do this. Know that once you accept that, it doesn't matter because you're in a whole new world. And there is support there and there is love there. And I could say that in many different iterations, but that's basically it. One of the things that's happened to me in living where I am now is because I was always not having a lot of really good friends, or I do have some, but it, I had come to accept, and it helped me to cope with this, but come to accept I'm just not very likable. And that that was okay for me to come do that. And the, my friends here have been showing, just been astounded and showing me something different, that it was just a defense mechanism that I had and it's, um, it's helped open my heart and make my heart softer. You know, I've gone through the same thing, Kathy. Have you? I have. Um, yeah, I think that having been on the margins for so long in terms of being an artist and spiritual and kind of plowing through things, I developed this kind of solitary soldier type of approach and this past year uh, between Ken and my children and a few friends showing me just holding me in love allowed that um, to crumble and to actually really feel and live like I'm being held here on earth not just in yeah. you know the the ethers so I can appreciate what you're saying it makes a difference doesn't it it really does it really does well thank you very much uh, for your time your energy your wisdom today Kathy I so appreciate you and what you bring to the world all I can say is thank you for your beauty thank you for asking me to share it Blessings to everyone, and you'll find Kathy's contact information in the show notes, and she has a free gift for you, and you'll be able to connect with her in many, many ways. Look at her offerings and drop her a line. Say hi. <laughs> I'd love it. Okay. Blessings, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.